Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. I'm coming at you today with a special episode because we have a new Survivor winner. Today, I'll be chatting with Survivor 45 winner D and the runners-up, Austin and Jake. I'll also be chatting with the Tika Final Three from last season, Survivor 44, Carson, Carolyn, and Jam Jam, to hear them reflect on life after Survivor and what they thought of this season of Survivor. This is going to be a jam-packed episode, and if you're a Survivor fan, you're going to love every second of it. All season long, I've been recapping Survivor over at Newsweek.com, and I can say with certainty that this season was nuanced and different, but in a good way. I had moments that made me ecstatic, and there were other moments that pissed me off to no end. But there was one player this season that broke everyone's heart, Jake. He was the ultimate underdog, and we all were rooting for him. Sometimes we got pissed at him. Sometimes we loved him. I mean, it was just like all over the place. Here's a little bit of my chat with Jake. I mean, you were, in so many ways, the heart of the season. You were everyone's heart broke for you on levels that, like, Both good and bad, we felt for you, we championed you, we got pissed at you a little bit, we got like frustrated with you, and then we got happy about you again. Like the journey, I'm sure you were. (laughs) The journey you took us on was quite extensive. How, but how does it feel to have that much of an emotional response from a fan base? You know, you go out there and you, you, you like, that was never my expectation. You know what I mean? But it's, it's so touching. You know what I mean? Cause I really got to, like all of myself was put out there. You know what I mean? And it's such like a beautiful thing, like the good things, the bad things. And it's like, that's, that's who I am. And then for every, like survivors actually really been a validating experience. Like for me, just because like, even with the casting, right. It's like in, in my video, I didn't talk about my theater experience. And then one of my first interviews, they're like, Oh, this is cool. You should have told us. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, and then like, to just get the reception, like it, it's, I didn't have to be anybody else. I just people like Jake. And that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And isn't that kind of the cool thing about survivor is that, I mean, I don't know. I've never done it. I don't, I would never do it, but it feels like it brings out the real person in you. It brings out the real you in a lot of ways. It does. It does. I mean, look, it's going to like, it's going to tell you the good things. It's going to tell you the bad things. I mean, you know, the bad, you, you know, you got to take some of the, there's an opportunity to learn things about yourself and change things going forward. And I think it's, a, I think it's a mistake to not let survivor criticize you and grow from it. Yeah, definitely. I need to know a, I need to know how Nana is and how did Nana react to essentially being one of the castaways? Cause she was talked about <laughs> quite a bit this season. <laughs> oh my God. She's, uh, <laughs> She was a little nervous at first. Like I, I remember like the first five minutes came out and she was like featured in it. And, <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to get a lot more. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but she loves it. Her, her sister is called, uh, her calls every Thursday. My great aunt, John, she'd be like, Jay, great episode last night, but I need to talk to your grandmother about this. All right. We need to break it. <laughs> Can't throw the phone. <laughs> and how did you feel? I mean, because we talked about you being so, open really how did you feel that how did that help and hurt your game how open you were because a lot of times there were moments where you wanted to make big moves and you were emotional about them and sometimes they worked and oftentimes they didn't so like how how do you think it helped your game or hurt it so honestly i think i think it kind of like i think it kind of hurt it like i think um i was happy that i got to be myself out there and i felt like i got to be authentic but I mean, I think like, I don't know if like the, I, th- I think the more issue with why people didn't want to work with me is that like, I think the Caleb vote was the right and correct move for me to do. I think me and Caleb's approach to Katora was absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. I, I think her right move is to come with us. But honestly, if I'm in her spot, like that would, that's a super difficult move to make regardless of how you present it. But, and so I think after that, I was kind of like branded like, oh, he's trying to do big moves, which like, you know, like I did try to do a big move. Like that's fair. But it's like, I really thought that would improve my position. I think that um, I kind of just got branded that, like, I'm going to slit anyone's throat. And, like, I just couldn't be trusted because, like, I did lie to, like, Austin D and Julie all day and say, oh, yeah, Caleb's gone. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really to their face. And, like, Julie, like, Julie told me, she's like, I really believed it. So it's like, how could I trust you? I'm like, no, I totally get it. You know what I mean? But. Mm So I think like just where like the narrative of the season is the re before and these tight alliances and sticking together through maybe even not in your best interest 
it's I think when you have a guy like me who's willing to go against the status quo, that um erraticism and like oh he's got big movitis is even exacerbated. Yeah. Not to say and like at a certain point, like after the Caleb vote, I'm like for the Kendra vote, for the after I lived the Kelly vote, I'm like, okay, I gotta settle down, I gotta chill out. And I did for the Kendra vote and then for the Bruce vote, it was like, Oh yeah, Bruce plays his idol, like Jake, you'll just be gone. And I'm like, damn it, I like I can't sit back. Like I gotta like try and mix things up now. So it kind of put me in a position where I had to play into like the negative perception of me that mm-hmm. I'm being erratic when it's like, I don't know. I don't think it's bad to try to make a different plan. If the yeah. votes are all going on one person who has an idol, yeah. who aware that everyone knows he has an idol, but I had to do what I had to do. Well, and at home too. I mean, as viewers, we're sitting here being like, stop putting all the votes on one person, <laughs> like split them up a little bit. So I think a lot of the viewers were with you in that. It just felt like it, it felt like bad moves by everybody else you know what i mean i mean like look i have my fair share of bad moves but i think like after kelly went and then kendra went it was almost just like a race to the bottom yeah I, I i think like there were i think in particular emily and katora felt so comfortable with the rebas and that they were both getting taken yeah final three in different circumstances they just had such a great hold on them mm-hmm. but, um they, they just had, they had them snowed and like they had everyone snowed. They're great players and there's nothing to be ashamed about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just unable to, and like with the lack of split, it's like, if there's no split, my one vote becomes devalued big time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, I mean, I even said it to Emily before Emily went out like, yo, you want to do something? Like we just, you know, Julie, lose all videos. Nah, like, I don't know. And it's just like, ah, like, well, you know, people don't trust me. And like, yeah, I don't think I, self too many favors and try to build that you know what i mean well one of the things that i mean and this this was probably i felt like all season as watching you because i was rooting for you most of the season from the very beginning i was like i like this guy and as as you struggled in some areas it almost it felt like all season it was just like a band-aid being pulled slowly off and it was just ripping out hairs every single episode it was like why can't he get it why can't he get it and then in the end i mean Kudos to the editors of Survivor. But in the end, when you decided that you wanted to be in there to make fire, that was what you wanted. And to, for you to get that win with that fire, it was like the Band-Aid just got completely ripped off and everyone was happy about it. How how big of a moment was that for you? I needed it mentally. Like, I knew, like, as soon as, like, I, 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 like, knew, like, even at, like, final, even, like, final seven, that I'm, like, if I have the opportunity to get myself in fire, I'm going to try to get there. You know what I mean? Cause I, I needed, I needed it. And like at that point, like when it happened in like final five, it's just like, I knew it was such an uphill battle after final five didn't go my way that it was like, it, it's not even about the game. I just needed it mentally. I needed it for me. It, it's, I needed a win. It, it's one of the best moments of my life when in fire and just like, you know, being knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. And then I did it. Yeah. And it was, Amazing. Now let's talk about Austin, who came in second with three votes in the end. He's uh, undoubtedly the heartthrob of the season and the subject of a very high profile showmance with the winner, D. Austin caused a lot of news this season, but none more than when he was desperately wanting to choose a sandwich, but he couldn't choose the sandwich. So, of course, I had to ask him. I had to start my conversation with him about a sandwich, which is frankly how I like to start most conversations with people. Did you finally get a sandwich and what was the best well actually no not what was the best are you waiting for a subway sandwich sponsorship because i feel like you need it you know i love subway subway if you're listening to this <laughs> hit me up i'd be more than happy to be you know sponsored by subway yeah. uh you know actually when the when that whole sandwich arc the whole sandwich arc was going on i had a sandwich like every single day because people are like oh you want to get some lunch? Like, let's go to Subway. Let's go get some sandwiches. And I'm like, all right, you know, why not? Like, I love sandwiches. So like, yeah, let's go. So I had a lot of sandwiches since then. So many sandwiches, but no complaints. I mean, whoever complained about a sandwich? Let's be real. Exactly. <laughs> not me. Well, so how do you feel that, I mean, because like a showmance is one of those things that like is a complicated dance. And I don't think you, I, I mean, in Survivor history, there's been some good ones. There's been some not so good ones. So, like, yeah. how how has the reaction to, I should say, the edit of the showman's been for you? Yeah, you know, 
I'm appreciative because I think that the edit was pretty true um, because the showman's like we kind of mentioned this in the after show didn't really start until day 20. Um, until then, we were just really good friends and we you know trust each other's friends. We built this strong friendship, but things didn't get like romantic or whatever until like day 20 or so. And the fact that they kind of told that story true to it and made it like, you know, only the last few episodes, which is what it was in reality. I appreciated that, that they didn't make that, you know, my entire story or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you think it impacted your game? Yeah. Um, you know, having someone that I knew for a fact would never write my name down is not a bad thing for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously like people look at some of the moves I make and they're like, Oh, this guy has love goggles. Like he's not thinking correctly. He's not being strategic, but I have no, I, I was thinking really strategically. I think that I still was thinking sharply. And like I said, I would have done the same thing to Drew as I did with D. I think that just gets some little extra flack because there was a sort of a romantic connection between it. Um, but I, yeah, I would have done the same thing to Drew. Um, and I think ultimately, yeah, like it, it hurt me be- in, a, in a way because I didn't expect her to make some of the moves she did against me. But um, because having such a tight connection with her, having such a tight connection with Drew and, you know, also with, you know, Emily and Julie, I was able to make it really far in the game. Well, and also, I mean, outside of just even the showman's like that Reba strong connection that you guys had, was there ever a moment where you felt the most confident in your game because of that Alliance? Like, was there a moment that you felt like, Oh, we could get to the end. Yeah. Um, the Kelly blind side after that, I felt, pretty sure I was going to make it to the end because um, we kind of had the numbers. We kind of dismantled Bello um, by taking one of their, you know, two key pieces back to back in Brando and then in Kelly, we felt strongly that we kind of struck them where it hurt the most. And at that moment, it was like, I think I'm going to get to the end or at least make it really far in the game. And what was something out there that that surprise that you learned about yourself that was surprising? I think the ability to like perform under pressure, you know, there was some really high intensity moments, like solving that math problem. When you've got 10 cameras in front of you, you got a timer that's like going down and being able to just stay calm, take a deep breath and like really focus in is something I didn't really know that I had. Like I, you know, I grew up playing sports and playing in competitions, but this was like another level knowing that everything that I'm doing is being televised that, you know, there's people watching, there's a million dollars at stake, but being able to still like with the Michelle puzzle too, just take a breath and like, focus in and get the job done. Yeah. I think that to realize that I could do that. Well, also too, I mean, speaking of the Michelle puzzle, but also the, some of the, the, you know, the clues you had to figure out the things you did over the season, like there was this element of, Oh God, this pretty boy is smart. Like this, this, (laughs) this, this dude is smart and he, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be, but he is. And now I'm really frustrated. Like, did you think that people would like perhaps perceive you in one way based on either how you look or your attitude or your personality? And then do you think they were surprised at some of your prowess in other areas? Yeah, no. And I leaned very heavily into being the surfer bro, free spirit. You know, I had my brain shield and drew everyone was like, okay, this guy's doing all the strategy. Austin just kind of like, he's doing the physical stuff, maybe the social stuff, but I really surrounded myself with, with other smart people. So people could, you know, take kind of like the strategy, um, blame, uh, away from me. So, um, really focus on threat management on making myself seem like I wasn't really going out for throats and stuff like that, or trying to be really strategic. Like even, you know, with the whole sandwich situation, upgrading the amulet, like, yeah, I wanted the sandwiches at the time because I felt like the amulets were a disadvantage. But once I had the amulets, you know, I went around telling people I needed Julie out or I needed Kelly out. I needed Jay out because I wanted revenge on the sandwiches, not because I wanted a full idol. So just like really going along with this kind of like bro kind yeah. of surfer guy. Um, was was 100% part of the strategy. I have to say, when Julie played your idol, it was there was a part of me that was like, it was kind of like the Thanksgiving guest that doesn't return the Tupperware. You know what I mean? It was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was that element a little bit. Did you at all, when she played that, were you all like, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. We knew that she was not going to give it back to us. So we gave her the, uh, you know, I gave her the idol. And the next day, Drew kind of goes up to her and is like, hey, like, uh, so Austin's idol. And she's like, well, my idol. Um, and at that point, it was like, she's not going to give it back to me. And I can't even ask for it back because I already have an idol. And she's going to get really suspicious if mm-hmm. I want a second idol. I want to take it from her. So we knew at that moment we had to flush it. We had to vote her out or we had to get her to play it. 
Um, so when she ended up playing it, it was like, dang, would rather you not have played it, but at least it's out of the picture now. Yeah. Well, my last thing I want to ask you, speaking of sort of like perception and online reaction and everything, like, and, and you know, the whole surprise of the pretty boy smart thing, you are kind of confirmed on Twitter, the trade of the season, if you will. How has the react, I, I, don't, I feel like that might be a gay term that, yeah, there's a gay term that I'm using that you probably don't know. Uh, trade, you are like the hot one of the season. You're the oh, whatever. Oh, wow. Um, and how, how has that particular response been online for you? And is, has it been perhaps a little overwhelming? Because the producers knew how to shoot you. They knew what they were doing. So like, how do you react to that? Yeah, it, it was, I, I was not expecting it really. I mean, like episode one, finding the beware advantage in my underwear like that. I think things got like really crazy, really fast. Um, and it was like, you know, all these pictures are going up. All these memes were being made. My mom even tweeted a picture of me in my underwear. Um, so that was all really surprising. Um, after that, it was like, okay, it kind of like toned down a little bit. Um, but that was that was a, a whole like, I was not prepared for it. I don't think I ever could have been prepared for it. But yeah. it was a lot of fun. And obviously, like, it's all flattering. Like, people yeah. were saying nice things about me. And, and like, at the end of the day, like, if that's what people are saying, like, I, I'm honored. Like, honestly. Yeah. So, it was good. Yeah. I mean, if someone's saying you're hot, it's not something you're going to be like, oh, stop. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, like, thank you. Like, this is awesome. Because, you know, a few years ago, no one would be saying that, you know? So, it's like, this is crazy. But now I think it's time for you to hear from the winner of Survivor 45, D. And yes, I ask if her and Austin are still together. You're not going to like the answer. It's so nice to meet you. Meet you. And congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. I mean, I would do if I just won a million dollars. How how does it feel to be the sole survivor? Oh, my goodness. I feel like a weight has lifted off my shoulders. Sure. I can finally talk about it for sure. Um, I'm still in shock. I still feel like I'm in Fiji, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I don't think this is a feeling that will ever go away of this whole shock, but I'm like deeply grateful to so grateful to have played the game. Like everyone wants to go on survivor, everyone. And the the statistics are so low. And and then even a step further, the statistics to win are even lower than that. So that just makes me cry sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you keep it a secret? I don't think, I mean, I'm, I do this for a living. So like, I don't think I'd be able to keep it a secret at all. The money. <laughs> the money. The same way I kept it a secret on the show. <laughs> what? I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to. A million. <laughs> well, one of the things that impressed me so much about your game and just you in general is, you know, and, and Jeff talked about it a little bit, I think, in the final episode that what you talked about, the American dream and the things you want to do and the you want to retire parents. And that that element was just so part of, I think, in a lot of ways. For a lot of Americans, especially first generation American, immigrant Americans, et cetera, that is something that that is very important to, I think, a lot of people. And I wanted to know if where you stand with that and like how what kind of impact you think that had on you on the show. Going into the show, I always had my why. And I think everybody that goes into Survivor needs a why, whatever their their why is. But after every challenge, any time that I was at my lowest, two weeks not eating, just straight up coconuts. I always thought to myself, like my my dad would like recycle gum like they were so skinny in their prime, like in Cuba, because they really did not have food. They had like a piece of bread to share between the family. Like these are stories that I grew up listening to. And then I also viewed myself growing up like sometimes we just only eat cup noodles like they buy boxes of cup noodles. And this was our lunch and dinner. You know what I mean? Or like chickens or cheeseburgers when they were 50 cents, like on Wednesdays. Yeah. So like I would always remember those things and like moments where I grew up like watching my mom work two jobs and I would go, she would be a bus driver and then she'd be a janitor and I'd go with her to clean like literal shit off toilets, like to help her. And then my dad would bring her lunch. Like these are things that I always thought about out there in the Island. And I think every time I was at my lowest, like I just thought about them and yeah, I just, that's they're They're my everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is something, there's also something too about sort of like, doing something like this as an adult and thinking about those things that are the sacrifices our parents made and, and even, maybe um, even just realizing some of the sacrifices that you probably didn't even see as sacrifices when you were a kid, you know, cause you were just a kid. 
Yeah, no, and they did definitely did a good job at hiding a lot of the sacrifices for sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that is very helpful on Survivor, which is, you know, hiding sort of certain things and certain realities and certain truths. And, and right, right. I, I mean, <laughs> I guess you had some experience. I wanted to know what, like, what do you plan now that you have this platform? Like, what, mm-hmm. what do you plan to do next? You know? I love this question because I love... I love like marketing and stuff. So to me, this is just like the stepping stone, right? Like this, I, I'm so proud of myself for winning Survivor, but it's not the only thing I'm ever going to do in my life. No, like of course. this is just the platform and what's going to help me get to like multiple levels and also like level up my family and my friends. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know exactly what that next step looks like, but I am going to use this for good. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of good is going to come out of it because all I wanted from this experience, of course, to win the million, but just for someone at home to be watching me and say like, damn, she's badass. I want to be her friend or like that little kid or that little girl like watching. Oh, I'm scared of doing something, but she did it. So I want to do it. You know, that that to me like means so much. And I, I'm going to dabble in a lot of um, charities too, like nonprofits, for sure with hunger because I was my lowest point out there was two weeks not eating. And I cried so much in my confessionals. Like I cannot even explain to you how I couldn't believe we're in 2023 and there's families out there that don't know when their next meal will be yeah. in 2020. Like that, that really like tore me apart in the Island thinking about things like that. Cause like for me, it's going to end, right? Like that hunger is going to end. Eventually we'll get rice. Eventually we'll have a reward, but some people, you know, so I don't know. I just think that it's it's going to definitely make me a better person. Definitely. And Survivor has a way of really bringing out the person you're yeah. supposed to be, doesn't it? Love it. I love it. It's it's the greatest game in the world. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think, I mean, you were such a good player and you were so smart. But one of the riskiest things, I think, just as a longtime Survivor watcher, is that that you can do, in my opinion, watching, is get into a showman's. I mean, that is probably... Uh, that's a death sentence for so many people on Survivor. Don't you agree? I agree. I definitely agree. But here's the thing that started way later in the game. Yeah. I would never allow myself to do that early on in the game. Right. Um. So everyone like I've always heard people say, oh, why has been they been shown early on? Because there wasn't anything early on in the game. Both our heads were playing to win. And the, when it started becoming a showman's was when we were finally in the majority. Yeah. Right. And even then it's so risky, to be honest. Yeah. Even then it's so risky because you hear Katora in those confessionals. Yes. <laughs> the quote queen of the season. I mean, cause she really oh, was. Queen. You know, so many good ones. So many good ones. So many good ones. But how do you think that the showmance in general, even towards the end, because so much of your game happened in the end. It really started with that Julie, you know, you getting yeah, that information definitely. from from Austin about Julie and it shifted everything. So how do you think it impacted your game? I'll be honest, I feel like whether it was a showmance or not, it would have been the same thing because Austin and I respected each other so much as like people, we have like same core values come from good families. Like we crack the same jokes. We view life and the game of survivor the same. Um, So had it even not been a showmance, like I was like Austin and Julie are still like my number one. So like, I don't think it would have changed my, my game in any way. Maybe it would have changed it more in Austin's way of whether or not deciding to tell me information. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would have changed anything in my game, to be honest. I just like it was just a lot riskier for me, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And when you did you I mean, when you didn't tell Austin about that vote, the last vote um, right before the finale with Drew, did you think about that at the time as sort of going to be one of the big moves that actually I mean, when you said that in your in the jury, to me, that was the moment you won a million dollars was when you admitted that. (laughs) Did did you feel did you sense that, too? I did. I knew I knew that I needed to differentiate my game from him because we had both been playing the same game. I yeah, I helped him find the clue to the idol, but really like it, it, most of our moves were made in the re before and then we became a web and it's like all right, you grab this person, you grab this person, da da da. So it was like a cumulative effort. Yeah. So I knew that I needed to separate it, but I knew that eventually like the silence was going to be my strength. Mm-hmm. And as much as like I wanted to tell him and I did contemplate it the entire day. I was so close to telling him about Drew. But then I said, no, because then he's going to do the same thing that I did for Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. Speaking of Julie, one of the things that that I thought was so sweet this season was your relationship with Julie, because there was 
it was there was it was almost maternal in a way. There was something going on there that felt and we don't I would say that a lot of times on Survivor, older players don't get the best edit. It's usually the younger players who are judging them. Yeah. Whereas you respected Julie and respected her opinion and her game. And yes. I wanted to know if you that that stood out to you, that kind of that unique of relationship. Of course. Julie and I from the moment we met each other. We're like, all right, we're you're my person. Like we get each other, right? And it it sucks to see that her her game was not shown because she was a big reason. Like there's her name just doesn't pop out of thin air for no reason that she's a threat in the middle of the game. It's not like that. Everybody loves her. She's a threat. She's a physical threat. Two times in a row, she almost came close. Mm-hmm. Her and freaking Bruce. Two times in a row, first of all. Um, with all the friggin' youngins, um, and she huge social threat. Like you talk to Julie, you give her she she has something about her that you just share everything to her, and she gives you nothing, nothing. She's such a badass, like, like a good mom, like a good mom, yeah, like a good mom, like a good mom. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah, we we obviously bonded because she has a daughter like around the same my age, and like she's always told me, "Do you remind me of my brother?" And I'm like, "Well, now you're my best friend and my other mom." <laughs> so it was just like it transcended far more than the game, our relationship. Yeah, definitely. Well, I w- I need to know, are you and Austin still together? How that's going? <laughs> and do you have? You could go in two directions. You could either do uh-huh. like a Matt and Franny or whatever, and like do a whole living together in San Francisco situation, or you could do like a take this to amazing race situation. So what, where would you go? I would prefer amazing race situation just because I like to think, take things much more slower. Like I can't imagine living myself, living with anybody, you know, Um, not right now. Um, Definitely. Let's do amazing race situation. Yeah. I'll I'll go with that. (laughs) But are you guys still together? Oh, oh, I thought you just asked me amazing race or or living together. I know, but I, I mean, I think I, I, that could just be a fun for the show. You know what I mean? But I need to know the real details. I'm just messing with you. Okay, okay, okay. You're not going to like my answer, but Austin, I decided we're going to keep it private for okay. now. Because it's okay. extremely emotional. It's a lot. A lot has happened and yeah. a lot will continue to happen. So, yeah, that's and, my answer. And and whenever oh, someone says that, you know they read into it too. So, I mean, sometimes saying nothing says a lot. I don't know. Whatever way you want to read into it. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> well, thank Whatever you. Whatever makes you happy. Whatever yes. makes you happy, I'm going to be happy with it. Well, what made me happy is you winning Survivor 45. Oh, so I appreciate it. Okay, so now that Survivor 45 is over, one of the things that I always think about is what is life like after Survivor? You know, especially when you get so close to winning. That's why I invited the breakout stars from Survivor 44, Carson, Carolyn, and Jam Jam on to talk about life after Survivor. Just to give you a brief recap of their time on the show, the three of them were the last remaining members of their tribe, Tika, and they had such an intense bond and loyalty to one another that it brought them together in the end. For Carson, he made it into the top four, and for Carolyn, she was in the final three. But in the end, Jam Jam was voted as the sole survivor and won Survivor 44. So here's my chat with them. It's a lot of fun. I think you're going to love it. I am so excited to be here with, I mean, I have to say three, I'm going to say my three favorite survivors of all time. Sorry, controversial. I know there's a different season now and I'm supposed to love other people, but I don't. The the, the final Tika of the three, Jam Jam, Carson and Carolyn. Hello. Welcome all of you. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. So when I was thinking of doing sort of like a What's life like for a survivor after the season airs? I only thought of you three. I mean, I think of you three in lots of different situations. So there's lots of different conversations we could be having. But that's the conversation I want to be having today. And I want to start with Jam Jam. So Jam Jam, when when you win a, a season, I'm sure it is just sort of unbelievable and like it's hard to process. But like how how does how can one prepare for the winner, prepare for life after Survivor. And how has your life changed? Well, the the good thing about the new era is that the winner already knows they win. Like, I knew I had won 11 months before everybody found out. So I had basically a year to prepare. So the main thing I would say is, like, be healthy in your head. I mean, it's not about the money or anything. Yeah, you have to call your accountants and everything. But... You have to be sure how that's going to impact the people that you love and the people that are around you because everybody's going to perceive it a different way, you know? Me personally, I knew 
I needed to put it aside because I'm still young, you know, I'm still a baby. I cannot retire, but I have some plans, big plans in my life. And I know I have to like have the nice base for it to be used, but somebody might need it right away and cannot tell people or some people like, it depends, you know, who you are, what your life is about. If you're a gambler and you donated the million that I know his wife, when she found out when he came back, she was like, Oh, that's a that's a big commitment. I, I mean, would have been money, furious. But... I would have been furious. <laughs> She's so amazing, Joanna is so great. I know money wise, she wasn't furious, but um, planning a charity of that amount of money is a big, big, big thing. Yeah. So I they had to figure that out. But you know, it depends on who you are. But the main thing is be healthy in your head because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that people can say or not say or think or not think that might bother you. Well, all of a sudden, what do you mean? It puts a target on your back in a way, you know, like you're you're in life. you're a, yeah in life. You're a millionaire. So all the family is going to be coming out of the coming out of the woodwork in a way. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, like that didn't happen to me because I've always been very like clear with people about how I spend my money. But um, there's people that make this assumption, especially like in Puerto Rico, Survivor is not a big show. So when they found out that a Puerto Rican won one million dollars on a TV show, it was all about the money. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. it bothered me a little bit because people were like, what, a million dollars? I was like, ask about the experience. Ask me about Caroline, about Carson, about my friends, about Jeff. Not ask me about the money because the money, you can have one in other shows, but right? But that's what people always focus on and they don't know about your journey, which I think is the most beautiful part of the show. Yeah, well, speaking of journeys, Carolyn, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, I mean, one of the things that I loved about you last season and, and I think what you represent for... A lot of people is sort of that the unexpected edit. You know what I mean? You are a character. You're your own person. You are you are unabashedly you in every single way. And you're not cookie cutter. So they can't edit you like a normal person, quote unquote. And so you are sort of, you know, victim to how they one person perceives the type of person that they want to see in you. And so what I want to know is how how do you handle emotionally sort of how the edit shows you and then in real life, how then people start treating you because they see you as that edit. And I think you probably have a lot of experience with that. I'm thinking a lot of things right now. So how do you mean this? Do you mean this in a way of like, they see me as I'll just answer it, how I'm going to answer it. Please. So I'm not going to lie. Like I was afraid, like I was willing to just be myself. And before I went out there, I mean, that was my whole thing during casting that was a big reason I applied was like, I can't stand watching this show and seeing people like I can't relate to anybody. And I felt like there have got to be there's other people that are like this. There's got to be. And I just felt like this is a show that's so human. It really did morph, especially in my opinion, 39 was like the where it was like, are these even humans anymore? Because when I watch the show, that's what I like. I want to see people who have real relationships. I want to see people crying, not because I'm some sicko. I like to see the bonds and the relationships. That's real. That's like, that's what I want to see. Not people being monsters, having no morals, no values, but it's a game. That's not fun to watch. And it's just not human. So I had this just mission, this goal. I'm like, I am going to be me. And and part of that too is like, I did at first so much of my life and I did so much work on my dang, can I swear in this podcast? Yeah, go ahead, go to town, do whatever. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, I- I want you to curse on Newsweek. Go on, say the fuck word on Newsweek. Do it. Fuck it. (laughs) Okay, good. Cause is this going to be like writing or is this like a, it's going to be everything, baby. Okay. Then screw it. Okay. (laughs) Now I'll cut loose. So here's how I feel. And so I'm like, I've done so much work. I'm so proud of myself. I am like, yeah, I'm ready. And I felt that way. I felt like I have had, I have so much life experience. I've had so many people tell me who I am or what's wrong with me or blah, blah, blah. I'm ready. So I fully felt like I'm ready to take on like, I can be myself, but here's what I wasn't. Oh, no, I'm going into a whole nother thing. So coming back, (laughs) coming back, it was hard. It was like, it was a lot of things. But what I get, I wasn't prepared for the response that I got. 
I think what Caroline, like what we experience in the game, it's, um, it's very different from when you're watching it. So yeah. we had an idea and we had an impression of stuff, but Caroline was very happy and uh, enjoying the, the reception she got because she got an amazing reception. I mean, yeah. she's one of the most iconic ever. Yeah, but, because but I, am because I am amazing. I am amazing. Well, and I yes. want to just to put that into a little context as well, especially for Carolyn and Jam Jam in that. And I think Jam Jam, just as a queer person, you can probably relate to this, too, that when you're or any just marginalized community in general, even I would even argue people of color also going on to a show like this. You don't know the how the editors are going to present you because you are a different type of person. Yes. That, that the potential editor who may be just a straight white dude doesn't understand their personality. And so you Probably. are sort of at the whim of how these people present you. And Carolyn, I think, and in a way you also, and I, I just watching you as a queer person, I was like, I would be terrified to be you because I'm my unabashed self anywhere I go, like jam jam, but I don't know how someone's going to change that yeah. to present me, you know? Yes. So when I saw, now I get what you're saying. So like when I saw the first few episodes, I'm not going to lie. I was like, Oh my God. Cause I remember saying to Carson, like, did I really, did I scream a lot out there or something? And I didn't think like, I, I don't watch myself. I didn't know, like, I really scream a lot. Mm -hmm. So when they like edit it, like, I think it was like the second episode where it's like, Whoa! Yeah. and it's just nonstop clips of me screaming. Mm -hmm. I can't deny that that like, Oh, that wasn't me or blah, blah, blah. But I was afraid that like, they are just going to only show me being the like goofy, like, Whoa! and that's it. Because that's what we ha historically have seen on Survivor is the one dimensional cartoon. Yeah. And I kept saying that they are going to edit, like they're going to just edit me into a cartoon, but I'm so much more. Yeah. I have this amazing story and I'm not like, I really did. I looked at like myself as like, I do know this game. I'm not just some like wackadoodle. So it was, it was hard, but even then, even then, I said, like, I don't care. This is me. Yeah. And I mean that. And I, I'm dead serious. Like, I was like, even if they just show, and I said that to my casting person, even if they just show me screaming, mm -hmm. whatever. Well, and credit to the producers and editors, I think, for especially in the case of Carolyn and Jam Jam in that, like, you know, they could have presented you in one way and we had one perception of you in the beginning. But as the show went on, we started to grow and understand you more. And we understand we like for Carolyn, we understood the quote unquote crazy more. And we understood the quote unquote, you know, the personality of Jam Jam. And with Carson, I think we understood sort of like this young kid out here with these people who are sometimes 15, 20 years older than him. And how is he going to adapt into this situation and get his personality in there? Well, at the same time, Remaining true to who you are, Carson. I mean, how did you how did you sort of experience because you had a different kind of edit and you could have easily had a very easy traditional edit, just a young kid out there with his shirt yeah. off lifting things. You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> could have been you. So, like, how did you respond to the edit? I'd be shocked if that was the perception they had of me in casting was I'm going to be the young kid lifting things that they're going to show on TV. <laughs> 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 um, but. I don't know. I there's something about the unexpectedness of what you're going to see on TV that's separate from what you lived. I mean, we would tell Carolyn, like, you might need to be prepared to be someone like Nora on season 39, who just got the goofy wackadoodle edit, as Carolyn described. And we were all kind of in that weird state while we were waiting to watch the show of what is what are we going to see of ourselves? How are are people going to perceive us because we spend so many hours out there. You can, they can really make you into whatever you, they want you to be if they need to. And usually I feel, I do feel like they try to make you true to the person you are. If it fits within the storyline that that's necessary to tell the season. And yeah. so for us, we knew <laughs> that we were going to be the Alliance of the season. So there was, it, it's a very interesting time to wait to go and watch it. And mm -hmm. even watching it back, the two experiences for me are completely separate. There's what I lived and then there's what I watched. I, in memory wise, they're separate. I remember what I watched and I remember what I, I lived. I mean, there's moments I watched of Carolyn and Jam Jam where they tricked Josh with the beads. I don't remember that on my, 
island experience. But I remember watching it back. I remember sitting by Jam Jam and laughing my head off Mm -hmm. because it was hilarious. But yeah, it's it's the experience is very interesting in that way. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch Survivor like a normal fan again. And it kind of stinks, but also it's a cool like little group of people that you're in that only you can really relate to that. And that's, what's really neat about it. Well, and just on another topic, Carson, one of the things that I think that I find so fascinating is sort of, and what I love about you three is that sort of post survivor reality of how do you move on from survivor? How do you create you are suddenly a personality. You're uh, you're a mini brand, if you will, you're you're quote unquote, you have to be out there. If you want to stay relevant, you got to be, doing the things that you want to do. Or if you don't want to stay relevant, you can just go back into sort of your own life and hide away. But like, how do you, how do you sort of plan out your post survivor future, especially for someone as young as you, Carson? And like, what does that look like for you now? Well, for me, I've tried to just integrate myself back into what is a seemingly normal life of an intern, but I found that that's not <laughs> fulfilling. <laughs> so I did start a 3D printing business called Puzzle Knot where I am selling puzzles that I used to practice before I went to play Survivor. And I'm using those as a way to kind of relate to audiences and fans and give them something of mine and like my 3D printer to their home. It's very fun. And there's something fun about like, taking this experience and making it something that you can, you can build off of. And so whether that's online through social media, through my business um, or just through future endeavors at NASA and using the platform I've been given from survivor to talk about NASA and other in space related things, there's a lot of things that have come out of it that are awesome and so Mm -hmm. cool. I mean, so I've been very blessed to have those experiences that have given me the platform and ability to do the things I'm doing right now. I have to say, Carson loves to make fun of me because I cannot say na- NAS- NASA. He can't say NASA. He says Nassau. Nassau. I can't. It's a, it's a Midwest thing. I can't do it. I, Carolyn, you understand. I, it's like an accent thing. I can't. I can't do it. Oh, I have to ask. Though, I started. Jen. I literally started crying as as Carson was talking because oh. I'm just so proud. I'm so proud of I you. Know. And, oh, I know. Oh, that is so sweet. Hearing you, hearing you talk about it because that's something that he had talked about the puzzle stuff. And I'm like, that's your thing. That's like, you have to do that. Like, this is who else can make puzzles, but Carson like that is. And so just to see it come together and just Carson's one of those people who just, this is how I explain him to people. He's that person who is just good at everything Mm -hmm. and is so talented. And so it's just, I'm just really proud of you. So just hearing you talk about it, it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm proud. Well, I mean, Carolyn and Jam Jam have both respectively done amazing things on their own. I mean, Carolyn has a website where she does life coaching. Jam Jam Salon is in, in is killing no, yes. it right now. I mean, so, anyone, if you're listening, you know what I mean, there's a video of this out there somewhere. So if you're listening to this, you need to go see Jam Jam's background because clearly his salon is doing well because his background looks like <laughs> his, it looks like a Zoom background. I'm sorry, Carson and Carolyn, but Jam Jam wins no, in the background department. No, totally. Um, but Jam Jam, I'm going to start with you on this one, but I want all of you to chime in on this as well what was it like watching this is the first season post your season so what was it like watching this season in sort of your post survivor eyes well the thing with how i watch survivor and anything is like i disconnect to anything that's going on around me so it's it has become very weird because i'm not enjoying the show like Carson said, the way i used to enjoy it before i'm not enjoying it for the story i'm not enjoying it for maybe the relationship that are shown because living it, I know that what we're watching is not really a hundred percent of what happened. So the way I watch it is more like, Oh, look at the decision she made. Oh, mm-hmm. look at what the production did this time instead of what they did with us. Oh, look how they use this twist in another way. Look how Jeff reacted to stuff like that instead of like what he did with us. So I'm constantly comparing my experience to, to what I, to them. And, it's weird. I hope that goes away and I get to enjoy like everybody enjoys like what we did together, the three of us. But it's weird because I met these people before I saw them on the screen. So I know the relationship before I watched it. It's very weird. Yeah. It's yeah. Tough. It's I still love it. It's my number one show, of course. But it's 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 a whole nother thing. I don't know. 
I don't know how people in other fields, like actors and singers, feel about. Oh, I'll watching. tell you, I don't watch any of my friends' stuff. I don't watch my own there stuff. You go. I don't watch <laughs> anything. I'm, and, oh, I tell, you go. and I tell my friends this, or I just dodge them, and I'm like, it was great. Like I don't, I don't, I just can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't mentally do it. I uh, totally relate. Uh, yeah. What, Carolyn and Carson? What about you? What do you? How do you guys watch this season? Carson, well. I mean, I have enjoyed the 90 minutes. I feel like this is the first time we've had a final five in a while that I really do feel like I understand each and every single person's winning potential. So I could see any of them winning. And out there on the island, I felt as though any of the five of us that were remaining on our season could have won. Did it, was it presented that way to an audience perspective? I don't think so. I did, Carolyn. I mean, including you, including you, <laughs> including you. No, okay. no, but every- Carolyn, I have to tell you the amount of furious gay texts that I received that you didn't get one vote. I mean, we were, we were, we were, no, no offense, Jam Jam, but we were screaming that you didn't get at least one. Just one. Vote. And just I do think I deserve like just one. Just Could one I just, vote. We just I didn't want to be in that vote. club. And Carson, that was the, See, I mean, no, 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 I, See, I tell Carolyn and Jam Jam this all the time. Like, Jam Jam, abso- in my opinion, absolutely deserved to win. Like, he played an amazing game. Mm-hmm. And I, and if, if it came down between the two of them, based off their final Tribal Council performance and what I had seen out there at the time, I would have voted for Jam Jam if it was between the two. But knowing that J- Carolyn wouldn't get a single vote and would come in third place, yeah, it did hurt a little. And I was yeah. like, she didn't deserve to just, like, flop, you know? Like, I mean, she deserved at least to get some recognition. But Jam Jam did an well, amazing job. Well, you didn't flop. Would because you have you have amazing followers on Instagram and you're doing great on Cameo. So trust me, that there flop has turned into something, baby. <laughs> yes. But would you have voted? I want to ask you this, Carson. Would you have been the odd one out voting me? Would you have been okay with I that? I would have that if I had really known that you were not going to get a single vote because Franny had like- Give me a sympathy me. vote. Ta- Franny told I love me, she said, vote. I'm going to be your symp- Carolyn sympathy vote. So I thought votes were coming your way and then I had to ensure- that the person that I thought would win would win, you know, or like that I thought deserved to well, win the most to, out of the final travel council service. It yeah, also speaks whatever, to sort of that everyone in the top three definitely did have a chance because if, if everyone, if everyone would have known that jam jam was going to get the, like a unanimous vote kind of thing, you know, it would have, it would have been a different situation that maybe they could have been like, Oh, well maybe I can give one vote to so-and-so or I can do, you know what I mean? But it was, everyone was a great player. So everyone got what they, it it worked out the way it did, and trust me. I don't know if yeah. I said I don't know if I said this before, but if it the, I got seven votes out of eight, right? I didn't get Danny's vote. Yeah. If I could have picked between Caroline having a vote and me six, or me having eight votes, I won eight votes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carolyn, trust me, my entire dating life has been sympathy votes. So trust me, I'm with you. I just want one dating, one sympathy vote. But I want to move on to uh, one other thing as well. So this season, out of all, I mean, I, out of everyone who's been playing, I mean, regardless of the winner, who, one person who stood out to you as sort of a player that you can't kind of get out of your head? I'll, I'll start with Carson. Ooh, okay. Well, I have a, a lot, but I would say one Carson, for me, one player. I know, but like, <laughs> okay. I mean, I found Emily to be a fascinating character to watch, mm. person, player. She was all three. She she checked all the boxes. And when I first watched the first episode, I was so excited because I thought we had a villain for Mm. once. I thought we were getting a villain that we hadn't seen in a while. I thought she was presented in a way that would, would depict her as this, like this, this force against the, the, um, the current in a sense. It was, I was really excited about it, but then like the second episode, third episode came by and slowly I got a sense of, wow, is she adapting to be a survivor player that's like strategic and well socially connected? Mm -hmm. And so by the merge, she had somehow been one of the lone Lulu members of her tribe 
to survive and not only survive, but be playing the game so well and mm-hmm. so um, thoughtfully. And so Emily, to me, I, I, I know we'll see her return at some point. I mean, she was fascinating to watch. I think she's had the biggest growth arc we've ever seen in terms mm-hmm. of going from a villain to a, to a hero and carolyn's like eye rolling me right now carolyn you weren't a villain <laughs> yeah carolyn who d- no i'm not talking about me i don't think about me over everything but... who stood who stood out to you this okay. season carolyn emily but carson's what carson what's carson's talking about i don't really like personally like i don't like to watch that i don't want to watch people change and i know everybody says but this is a game for a million dollars and that shows that like the growth arc boring. I don't want to see Emily change. I want to see Emily continue to be Emily. And honestly, I want to see Danny continue to be Danny. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, for me, it's fun to watch. And I know like, Oh, I hate the whole, like, okay. And I'm going to play a, a UTR game or I'm going to, all that is so boring. And so I felt like as the season progressed, it was like, bye. It was yeah. less and less of Emily, and I just didn't like it. I agree with and you so there. I don't, for me, like, I don't give a shit if somebody is, like, adapting to the tribe. That's boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, mean, I would care if a million dollars was in my bank account afterwards, I, but I, yeah. I understand what you're talking about. Wait, Jam Jam, go ahead. I think the thing that people like about Emily is similar to what they like about Carolyn. Carolyn's here to hear it. Um, Carolyn had a great narrator of her gameplay, which was me. And Emily had a great narrator of her gameplay, which was Caleb. And that's why Emily's game, the second half, was not as much fun because Caleb was not there to narrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was narrating how Carolyn was being perceived, what she was thinking, blah, blah, blah. So people would have, like, they would have her glimpse of obviously her amazing stuff that she said at confessionals, but they would have the perception that of what I was saying, of what Carson was saying, or even Danny was saying about her mm-hmm. who stood out to but you, i was Jam still Jam. being carolyn i was still being carolyn i didn't really change and so that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. is like i just missed when she was like saying things like just being her i feel you I but, I, but also you need to give people room to grow a little bit you know change yeah, I, think, all, I mean i like to be no. a villain when i enter the restaurant by the time i leave the restaurant i want to be full drunk and happy so like you know i don't <laughs> Um, I don't like it. I don't like so, to watch it, though. Wait, but Jam Jam, I want to know who stood out to you this season. I think people are not talking about her enough because Emily was such a big character, but I think Katora is amazing. I love Katora. Hello. That's, give me some queer POC. Yes. Like, but her confessionals, even when she was talking about nothing, she's, they were so much fun. The quote she queen was, of the season. She's the quote queen of the season. Everything comes out of her. She's aware of how she's perceived from the beginning. She's aware of how she controls herself. She's aware of when she opens her mouth and what she doesn't open her mouth. I like her. I have to say, oh, yeah, I, I, love I saw a little bit of me in her and I, I enjoy it. I have to agree. I mean, I was with, you know, Carson in the beginning saying that Emily was my standout and Emily has been sort of was my standout for a lot of it. But one person that I can't get out of my head is Katora. Just the way she narrates. I mean, she narrates the season in a way and she narrates mm-hmm. sort of how things are going. And I think in the I mean, it's just yeah, she really was sort of everything for me. Well, one of my last questions that I have to ask you, all of you. And this is the one thing that I'm sure everyone asks you all the time. And it's what I want. It's one I think everyone wants an all-star season, something like all-star season. Do you think we'll have that anytime soon? And most importantly, would you be a part of it? I'll start with Carolyn. Oh, we know mm. she's going to be on her. Hello. No, because I don't like saying that. And honestly, my dad no, but is it's always true. at Carolyn Winston. He'll, uh, he will ask me this at least once a week. Carolyn, well, what is what is Carson's opinion of it? Well, what is because <laughs> he thinks Carson is just knows everything, which he does. But he'll be like, what's Carson's take on that? Yeah, it's funny. But I, I hate I don't like being like, yeah, I'm going to be on the season. You know what I'm saying? Well, But is do you want me? a season like that? Do you think it'll happen soon? Like, I mean, I feel like 50, right? Don't 50. we think that? I, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we, we know. At, um, like absolutely 50 50 is going to be all-star but here's the thing too is gosh. i know that like people will say this about um like the the new era and jeff only want does that only apply to like the 
We don't know what he wants. We don't know what he wants. Yeah. But Jeff has said that about the new era, or he's not, he doesn't want to bring anyone back from power. He's mine. Yeah. The only thing Um, we know about. I'm sure Rick Devins will be on there if he's doing a podcast with him. Maybe. I mean, I could see, I think the only thing we know about what's on Jeff Probst's mind is that he's going to wear that dad sweater he's been wearing all season at every, (laughs) every single event. Um, And the Adidas shoes. I love them. Yes. He's going to be. It's so him. He's going to be. Also, I know. I, I know some other shoes that he wears too but that's inside information but Carson <laughs> what's your thoughts on all stars well I mean I would love to see my mom and dad on there too so that would be uh-huh. very fun Carolyn and Jan Jan um <laughs> maybe Where? like on all stars I would if I were on there I would love to see y'all on the other tribes like because I don't see them putting on a oh, on the mom same and tribe. like y'all are my island mom and dad yeah, yeah. um I I I don't know if they would ever put us on the same tribe because it's like a, a given and also maybe a tar- a reason to target yeah. us, oh, you yeah. know? So like I could totally see if they do three tribes, one it's it could be like the Tika captains, Carolyn, it's on one, Jam Jam's on one, Carson's on one. That'd be so funny. That'd be hilarious. Carolyn as a captain would be hilarious. <laughs> Jam Jam, what about you? Would you would you come back for an all-stars? I'll do anything. Jeff asked me to. <laughs> but like anything. But like um, how far are we going? I think we all know I how far it, that's going. I said it. I we said all it, know. Yes. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I love the guy. He's amazing. He's annoying on the island. He is, but he's awesome. Um, the thing is, everybody, everybody knows, no doubt, no question asked, Carolyn is in on whatever that they want to do, whatever it is. The first person on the list is Carolyn Wigger. Mm-hmm. The first person. And then we're just going to be lucky if we're in it too. But I'm rooting for her. Oh, stop! If I'm on it, girl, you better watch out. <laughs> well, I have to say that one of the, as a viewer this season, as a fan of Survivor, which we're all fans of Survivor, but it's always difficult when you have such a stellar season like 44 and you have people that, I mean, I, I, I would call myself friends with the three of you, but like, when you have standout people on the show that that you relate to and that you're so committed to, and then there's another season that comes, and it's hard to adjust to this new cast sometimes because they don't give you the dynamics and the the good juju that you want from sort of that previous season. So it's a, like a weird learning experience to sort of adapt to these new seasons and sort of root for the people. And then when the people you really root for don't go all the way, like in my case with Emily, it's like the season becomes like a, ugh, but this season in general... It was great. I think it was fine. What do you guys think in in total about this season? How where is it going to stand in the Survivor history of seasons? Do you think? Not about forty four. <laughs> okay, I feel like storyline. It's been more interesting as a viewer. Like I'm like trying to be as really? unbiased as possible because I feel like people saw the our alliance as so well, duh, they're going to stick together or duh, they're going to, you know, keep getting going forward that because we were limited to 60 minutes that you didn't really get to see us working behind the scenes mm-hmm. to make the moves that we made that in, and, and even the people that we had to work to get us further throughout the game, that was kind of gone. Unfortunately, like a lot, there were people in our season where you're like, Oh, they're just dumb. And they weren't dumb. They were smart, mm-hmm. but because we were limited in time, they got just duped in terms of they're just an idiot edit edit sort of deal. And it also discredited our alliance because we had to work hard to get those people to do the things they did to enable us to move forward in the game. So I feel like because of that, it like the storyline, the strategy can just be seen as a little bit more like crazy on our season. While this season, it's very fleshed out. We get a full understanding of Reba, their dynamics, how we've moved throughout this merge, the Lulu disaster. And so, and even just old school little remnants like the auction and, mm-hmm. um, and the intro titles that I think will set it apart. But I don't know. I think if you're looking in terms of characters, ours absolutely stands above them all. But if you're looking yeah. in terms of maybe how a general audience will look at it, I'm not sure. Maybe it's higher. I have no idea. Can I say something, Alan? Sure. Well, Carson does make the, he brings up that it was like, oh, it's predictable. The Tika three stick together. I think we even had that conversation out there. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to be boring. Look at us again. We did. But here's (laughs) what to me is different about us is good. I probably am biased. 
is the relationship piece. We don't see that anymore. Good, we don't. And we had real bonds, right, Carson? Mm-hmm. Jim? Yes. Jim? No. We did, we did, we did. It was real bonds. And so to me, like, and I don't know, maybe this is just like a preference as a viewer thing, but I want to see real bonds and real relationships with people. Like, who is that on this season right now? And I'm asking for like to help me right now, not to be. I don't asshole. think there is one. I don't think there. I mean, outside of the showmance between Austin and and Dee, yes. there really isn't much. Mama, can Julie we consider D and Mama? No, D and Mama. No, because D was going behind Julie's back so much. So I don't. I don't feel like. I, I don't feel like that is a real. It's a relationship, but I don't feel like it's what you're wanting. That's yes. the thing with the, with the 90 minute episode. This strong alliance that never struggle get to be shown so many aspects like Carson said because of the amount of time they have like 50% more time than we did for story right but we had to struggle so people understood our relationships better even though we had less time because we struggle our bond and our love for each other was more easy to understand and perceive and people to follow along I don't know if Mm -hmm. that makes sense it does and I have to say I'm so glad the three of you never had a showmance because this showmance this season pissed me off that I know wink wink well (laughs) Jam Jam Carolyn and Carson thank you so much for doing this I really appreciate it where can people follow you guys online I'll start with Jam Jam you can follow me my Instagram at yamilpr y-a-m-i-l-p-r and my website jamjampr.com and Carolyn I don't, can we just put it up on the screen? Um, yeah, okay. a podcast. <laughs> well, one thing we can do. One thing I, I'll tell. I'll tell people where to go for you. I think they should go and get some life. Get some life coaching information from Carolyn. Yes, can and I, I say that? Yes, you can. And they also should go to your cameo because you are a, a fantastic cameo person. So. Queen. Yes. I feel grateful. Cameo Carolyn, it is Carolyn Rose on Instagram, but it is zeros. Why did I do that? Is it too late to change it? To put zeros as my O's? It, it oh, no, no, it's hard. We make it's decisions in life and they become they become difficult down the road. <laughs> you know, um, Carson, what about you? You can follow me on Instagram for personal stuff. Carson.Garrett. If you want my survivor takes, follow me on Twitter or X, the worst rebrand in history. Carson Garrett underscore. <laughs> and if you want to keep, keep a puzzle of mine in your own home, puzzle, not by Carson.com puzzle, not by Carson.com. Like on a radio show. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Thank, that was you. Good. Thank you all can so I much. See my website too? Yes, go ahead. Because that's easy. Just carolynweger.com. Wonderful. Everyone go there. Get a lot. I'm going to get Carolyn to be my life coach. Thank you, guys. What a season. And get one of Carson's puzzles. They're fun. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. I need more Survivor friends. So find me on social media. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And leave a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode. It really does help. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to newsweek.com and subscribe to my newsletter because it's fun for the culture. You'll love it. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Go eat a sandwich.